Hello, and welcome to Walking and Talking, a podcast by The Line. In this four-part series, we take you on a journey along The Line's route, visiting Greenwich Peninsula, the Royal Docks, Cody Dock, and Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park. In these conversations, you'll be joined by artists, creatives, and members of the local community, who will discuss themes and ideas that relate to The Line and the areas that it connects. Whether you're on the route or somewhere else in the world, we hope you enjoy discovering more about the line and its context. My name is Aisha Merez and I am the former assistant curator of contemporary British art at Tate Britain. I'm currently undertaking a PhD on legacies of slavery and empire in the art museum with Tate and the University of Leicester. And I'm joined today by artist Larry Atchampong. Hey, how's it going, Aisha? It's really lovely to be with you. Been a while. It has been a while. Um, we are currently floating in the air above a very gloomy looking Thames. <laughs> Quite a few though. We are here today tracing the line along the Royal Docks. We're journeying on the, uh, the cable cart between Greenwich and Royal Dock which really is a connecting point for uh, the work that I was commissioned to make by the line uh, titled Sanko Time which really kind of encompasses the relationship between this very particular area, its relationship with the Industrial Revolution, but more specifically the connecting Meridian Line and its relationship through histories of uh, slavery toward Ghana. I actually did a little bit of research about Meridians. Obviously, we've got the Greenwich Mean Time Meridian Line, which is a circle of constant longitude passing through a given place on the Earth's surface. But another meaning for it, coming from Chinese medicine, is the set of pathways in the body along which vi vital energy is said to flow. So that mm. kind of connecting the body to the is cosmic. That the relationship with chi? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I, the reason why I was asking that is because I think, you know, like I, um, I'm, I'm a student of karate and, uh, yeah, got my black belt last year. So, woo -woo. Um, but uh, no, we, we talk very much a lot about chi and centering ourselves. And, yeah, it's interesting to think in, in that way because I, I do feel that the work really, for me, embodied kind of centering various aspects of samples and conversations, um, histories, um, lived experiences and realities that I would debate haven't really had the, the chance to be heard in this way. Not within the context of people being able to have like a family outing on, on, on such a trip. So, you know, centering oneself. And, and, and for me, that's important with my work. There's a lot that is taken in, you know, whether there are feelings of anxiety, stress uh, and, and what have you, to be able to center myself to best kind of give a space for conversation to be heard uh, is, is a big deal. And, and, and that certainly took place in the creation 
of Sankotan. You know, there's a lot of sounds that are taking place from, you know, audios that you hear within um, Jamestown uh, Fish Harbor in, in Ghana, in Accra, through to uh, sounds from, uh, you know, people of the, uh, the Windrush. Did you know that there is a Meridian Rock in Ghana? No. It's in Tima, T-E-M-A? Tema. Yeah, Tema. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, so there's a Meridian Rock there. And wow. apparently a couple of years ago, 2014, mm-hmm. the Ghana Tourism Authority tried to sort of promote the fact that there was this Meridian Line. Right. And I thought I was thinking about bodies of water. Mm-hmm. You know, you can think of bodies of water as being something that can separate, but mm-hmm. um, also that embodied memory, the memory of yes. water. Yeah. And obviously water... Um, as a place of conflict with mm-hmm. the Middle Passage. Absolutely. But when you talk about different voices, it makes me think of people like Kamal Braithwaite um, and the ideas of shared histories. So, um, you know, there are all of these Caribbean writers and thinkers who like the idea of, I don't know how you pronounce it, I think it's archipelag- archipel- archipelago. Archipelagic. Archipelagic. Oh, archipelagic. Thinking, yeah. <laughs> thinking that's kind of around the ideas of archipelagos mm-hmm. as um, a place for creolization mm-hmm. rather than being separate nations mm-hmm. or um, having these ideas of difference that yeah. it's this coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And Edouard Glissant, another brilliant Caribbean um, writer, came up with this idea of, mm-hmm. of this particular kind of thinking that's about relation to others mm-hmm. rather than separation and difference yes so i think that's that's really interesting the fact that we have the meridian here we oh, have the, and then now we know there's the meridian rock in ghana as well <laughs> indeed, indeed, absolutely. i think it's there's something you could say about the kind of um connectedness and the stories that water holds no definitely i mean you know uh when, when i think about that i think of you know i think about my own parents you know journey from from ghana you know they they met in kumasi where they both you know uh, grew up and uh you know, they came to the UK to raise their family, to give them opportunities at a point in time where there was civil unrest in, in, in Ghana. So, you know, they were they were travelling themselves. They, you know, coming to the UK at the time, you know, seen as immigrants, you know. And I've grown up with that experience of, you know, it's weird because on the one hand, my mum, she taught us, you know, one of the mother tongues, you know, Akan tree. So we learned about our history indoors, but then, you know, outside is fish and chips, it's sausage and batter and, you know, pie mash, you know, and footy. And there are differences across, you know, those aspects of culture. And so there are conflicts as well at the same time. There's conflicts, you know, on a racial level, conflicts with regards to class as well. But in my work, I guess I try to amalgamate these various positions and situations and conversations are tried to create, I guess, a point of relation to others whom have histories that relate to that of travelling, relate to that of movement, and, and relate to having heritage that isn't in one fixed place. You know, and for me, it's quite exciting, really. It's, it's very exciting, you know, to, to, to be somebody who is able to create kind of connecting dots, although it's you know, in terms of my own family, my mum and dad, you know, they were the first of my generation to come here. There are still, you know, relationships as well that are important to, again, open up stories that exist, but don't get given the time of day, you know. So that opportunity that the line uh, presented was, um, it, for me, it was, 
it was a no-brainer but also quite an exciting one to be able to think about you know again look at the moment like literally just you know crossing from north to south of of the other river it's it's quite a uh, incredible thing to, to to think about and the the thousands upon millions and 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 so on of of stories that connect literally within you know a given moment it's to me that that's that's the specialness I think something that when I um, sort of started to learn a little bit more about the the line, mm. I was thinking the line. This is so linear. Yeah. This doesn't feel very Larry. But actually, it's really interesting that you know we're sitting on this cable car. It's a line, but mm. it's a circular motion, mm-hmm. and um, this idea of learning about what has come before mm. and what there is in the future mm-hmm. um, and the kind of non-linear, yep. non-kind of Eurocentric ways of looking at time. Yep. Um, can you talk a little bit about Sanko oh, for time? I, I, I certainly can. So, um, so yeah, Sanko time, which um, is, is, a, is a term which I coined probably going back to 2017 when I, I, I started working on uh, some of my films within the series Relic Traveller, which is a project that centres conversations around displacement, fallen empire, and sp- speculative futures. I guess I always kind of had, I guess, an issue with a Eurocentric approach to to time or or to that of progress. You know, for example, the idea of something being obsolete because it's older, right? Like. Um, whereas, you know, culturally speaking, from my own Akan heritage, looking back is what actually helps create the connection to where we are or where we're not even sure we may be going to. So, you know, Sankofa, which means to go back and to get it. Um, to me, it made sense to think of this potential of, um, of, of a non-linear approach, one that is potentially cyclical, cyclical, but isn't upon one simple line you know even if you if you draw a circle you draw a circle and try and draw around that circle again even with a certain type of apparatus you're never going over the same place again and if you even think about um, beat making or loops in in terms of hip-hop for example you hear a loop the first time you hear it again it's never the same it's never the same everything is always you know uh, bringing out a a different aspect of of, of frequency right so um, You know, it was important for me to kind of like build uh, a terminology and language from which what I do exists. I know that you've talked about agency. Yeah. Can you um, talk about how that forms part of the work that you've made here? No, definitely. You pointed out earlier, you know, with with the likes of, you know, Glisson and and, and the way that Glisson talks about, you know, opacity, the right to existence, you know, the the right to, to be and to do things that are natural to us as as human beings but again are only afforded by some people at the expense of others again within this context we think about the history of the uh, the the industrial revolution when i think about you know when i was taught about the industrial revolution black folk and slavery was not spoken about in a way that without that the industrial revolution wouldn't exist Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean it, it was a tiny, uh, you know, footnote of sorts. 
So, you know, when asked to think about this context, for me, I couldn't help but think about these aspects of, of history that within my own state school primary education and secondary education were, were omitted. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? So if, if, if that's omitted for me, then how many other thousands upon millions is, is the same thing happening to? So, you know, and I wouldn't even call the, these, these stories, you know, alternative stories. They're not. It's all part of history. Again, it just hasn't been given that time of day or that space. So, you know, I do feel very much um, in the position as a creator, as an artist, and in some respects, a griot of sorts. I'm in a position to take these stories and to give space to them where possible in the most open ways possible as well. And, um, and what better than, you know, a location like this, but also potentially for people to be able to literally listen to this work online wherever they are on the planet, particularly at that moment in time when we're all locked indoors, you know. So, you know, agency, it goes hand in hand with, with I guess, what I do. Without agency, I don't feel like, you know, I'm able to do what I do. That 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 means a great deal to me. And I think your work also um, provides an opportunity for agency and other people, whether that's the way that they interpret the work, the way they listen to it, what they might then go on to do with the thoughts that they have that you know were brought up by the contents of your work. And I think, like you say, I wouldn't necessarily refer to them as stories. I'd say histories of people. Mm-hmm. The way that you use sound recordings, field recordings from all sorts of different things that are relevant to you, that weaving together, I think that's also a form of agency. And it makes me think of Zadia Hartman's idea of critical fabulation, that in order to give an accurate telling of black history, there needs to be the capacity to fill in the blanks in a certain way and to look at things like she talks about the afterlife of slavery, that it's not that slavery happened then and this is now, that there has been some progression of decolonization, that actually in reality the violence of of slavery is still consistently felt today. Um, And in really insidious ways that if you look at galleries, they have this idea of what Britishness is or what nation is Mm -hmm. and it might be that um, like you and me going on school trips to a a big gallery Mm -hmm. and seeing okay this is an an image of what the industrial revolution was like or what the countryside was like and there are no people of colour there. Mm -hmm. There were plenty of people of colour but the museums and galleries and major institutions, schools the way that the government organises curriculums, mm-hmm. you know, that is exactly what you're saying. That those, it's not that those stories aren't told; it's that there are these willful omissions. Absolutely. From history. No, most certainly, most certainly, it's really interesting. You, you, you said that, Aisha, because it, it made me think a lot about again, like childhood, and um, I remember my mum having a conversation with me as a kid. Gosh, like, my mum's deep. She inspires me in such a big way, but like. Um, you know, her upbringing was really difficult. She didn't get to finish her education. She did uh, labour as a child, a very young age. You know, my mum would always tell us various aspects of her stories. You know, we, we, it was like time travelling. I remember one day I was sitting down with my mum 
and this is kind of like going into years of like you know sketching and drawing and writing writing creatively my mum you know for some reason she was she and I really appreciate it when I think about it now I think about our relationship but she was she was very supportive about my 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 you know drawing and things like that although she kind of hoped I'd be a doctor but you know she, she wasn't she wasn't too um you know upset when she knew that I really wanted to push what I wanted to do as an artist she was like look you're gonna do what you're, you're doing uh there can no, be no you know second best you got to do you got to do it in a way that no one else is gonna you know see it this is your life yeah but one thing that she told me when when she would tell me some of these stories she's like and she meant this on serious she looked me dead in the eye and she's like you're gonna tell my stories one day and at the time you know as a kid like I don't know, 11 12 or uh, like um am i gonna write down some stuff or you know but decades later and i'm 39 now Oh, I can understand massively part of what she said. I'm sure there will be more that will kind of open itself through time. But, um, you know, my mum's a, a, a woman who who is very kind of prophetic and, 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 and divinates. I don't mean in a kind of like, you know, Christian kind of imperial manner, but like she when she when she speaks words to to life, bones and sinew come together over time and um, you know, again, like I said, as a kid, I wasn't able to entirely kind of like appreciate the magnitude of the words that she said. But, you know, look what's followed in decades to come. So we're coming out from the Royal Docks. Looking back, we can see the Good Hotel mm-hmm. and Flying Loud and Proud is your flag. Um, can you tell us a bit about the title and um, just a bit more about the work? Absolutely. Uh, so the flag is part of a series uh, titled The Pan-African Flags for the Relic Travellers Alliance. Now, the, this flag in question is series two of two lots of series of flags. Uh, each series is a collection of four, four different symbols. This is part of the second series, so there are eight different symbols. This one in particular is called What I Hear, I Keep. So What I Hear, I Keep is taken from an Adinkra uh, symbol and title. Uh, Adinkra symbols are of the Akan heritage, which is part of my my lineage, uh, indigenous uh, community to Ghana and parts of West Africa. The saying, which in uh, tree translates as mate, mase, means what you're taking is resonating or is growing within you. So within the visualized kind of symbolism of this Pan-African flag, I, I was thinking, of course, very much about the idea of not simply just movement, but also the shape of sound, the shape of in, in, encompassing sound. You know, there's a semi-circular kind of shape of sorts, which the 54 stars is kind of like built of. You have these two dots, one which is kind of like encapsulated within that, and then another of which to the viewer are they about to receive something or have they sent something you know hence the 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 title when i was uh you know world building uh for the other relic traveler project the interesting thing with these these flags is that they weren't initially supposed to be flags per se they were simply just going to be patches that existed on the uniforms of of the other relic traveler but i was invited uh years ago going back to 2017 by um, Somerset House to create a flag that would exist atop of you know their building and I almost instantly said no to them because 
Yeah, partly because when I think in retrospect about my own trauma in relation to flags, I think about flags, I think about the St. George's Cross or the Union Jack and not being funny, but like there isn't safety for me when I think about those flags. I think about, you know, living in Bethnal Green, which at a time, mind you, and it's not like that at all now. It's like a parallel universe. But I remember as a kid that being one of the uh, areas that the BNP and the NF would march through, they would canvass through and what have you. They'd do that on a weekend, sometimes every other weekend or, or a few weekends and what have you. And I remember at times when the word would have gotten out that they were coming through, that my mum would shout to the highest of her breaths for us to get our asses in from playing football downstairs. And you go inside and you can hear, you can hear their, 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 um, their Dr. Martins on the, the asphalt. You can hear it with them shouting and stuff like that. So yeah, coming back to, you know, this thing of, would you like to create a flag? my head like what <laughs> what do you mean make a flag but you know I stepped back for a while and and again I was thinking very much about existence I'm like what kind of flag do I think would be important to exist on there and I was very clear in in, in what I wanted to do you know uh, I've told this story a couple of times I will tell it again though because I do find it a bit funny but I remember at one of the meetings the planning meetings um, with Somerset House I was asked oh, you know is is it possible to maybe make a flag that kind of encompasses everyone I was like nah <laughs> no <laughs> and for me it's like no we've had enough of that and even when those those kinds of things are made you know again it's always within the power structure or dominance and focus of the West do you know what I mean so no, I, I was very clear about making... And, and look, don't get me wrong, that's not to say that all people can't be uh, inspired by this thing that they're looking at. But, you know, for those with privilege, again, for those of you that are listening, right, like, you have to understand that within... within a place that my ancestors and, and, and others forcibly added to the economy that exists we don't have no stake in that so you better believe that i'm going to create something and i'm going to work at creating something that 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 can hopefully at its height be a beacon thank you so much larry it's been an oh, absolutely fascinating thank conversation you, it's always amazing to talk to you and uh, looking forward to more in the future You have been listening to a podcast from The Line. This episode was produced by Reduced Listening, with thanks to Bloomberg Philanthropies. Thanks for listening to Walking and Talking. You can find out more about The Line on our website, www.the-line.org, and by following us on social media under the handle at Line London. Thank you.